Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is oh my god, I'm so excited about this episode. She is such a badass. She is a multi hyphenate, uh, which is what we prefer over here at the Love Alexi podcast. Her name is Nora Kirkpatrick. I've known her for nearly 10 years. Uh, we met doing a movie together. We lived on Martha's Vineyard for about a month, um, but we get to that in the episode. She is a writer, director, actress, musician. She was in the band Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Uh, she's constantly working as an actress, but also she's diving deep into writing and directing. She's so prolific, has sold so many shows, and now you can catch the VR movie that she wrote and directed called Door Number One coming soon on Hulu VR. And for even more Nora Kirkpatrick, you can follow her on Instagram at Nora M. Kirkpatrick or Twitter at Nora Kirkpatrick. Listen, you're going to be hearing and seeing a lot more from Nora in the year to come. And side note of a side note, um, my favorite Edward Sharp song, if you've never heard Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, you have to listen to 40 Day Dream. It is my favorite song. It's such a beautiful song. If that's your one takeaway from today's episode, fine. How dare you actually? How dare you? There's so much to take away in this episode if I ever stop talking during this intro. Um, Also, uh, I want to say, because I I say it every episode, I mean it. Um, This matters to me. If you like this podcast, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. Uh, It really does help me grow the show. And uh, that matters to me. That's very important to me. And if you want to support the show, um, the best way to do that is by subscribing to my Patreon page. You go to patreon.com forward slash Alexi, and you can make a donation, uh, however big, however small. Uh, Everything is appreciated. And it just really helps me, again, grow the show, be able to keep doing it, get better equipment. um, And just, yeah, there you go. So now you know all the things to do. I think you and I should also be friends on social media because I love, I love nothing more than DMing with complete strangers. And uh, if you already are my friend on Instagram, you'll know that I'm completely addicted to Insta-storing. So, uh, you know, if you're hearing this podcast for the first time, if you really want to get to know the ins and outs of me, uh, if you're interested in that in any way, shape or form, yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram, let's DM, and then uh, get to know me through Insta stories because I'm completely obsessed. It's my heroine. Uh, it's, it's all I'm about. Watching movies, doing this podcast, and Insta storying are my main obsessions. Oh, dear Lord, I didn't even give you my Instagram handle. Ugh, it's at Alexi Wasser. Very self-explanatory. Anyway, that being said, I am going to shut the fuck up so you can enjoy my lovely conversation with multi-hyphenate writer, director, actress, musician, and my friend, Nora Kirkpatrick. Now entering Nerdist.com. This is exciting. We're finally doing it. I know. I've been meaning for us to do this for a while. I know. God, I haven't been in a comic book store in so long. It's kind of cool, isn't it? It's so cool. I used to date a guy who loved comics, so I would like uh, tell us everything every now and again. Go to a comic book store to try to buy him comics, and I was like, "What do I do here? What did you get him? I have no idea." And that's why it didn't work out. Just kidding. <laughs> you're like, I didn't even know what to get him. I, I can't just believe I it. tried. There's your water. Oh, There's your Nerdist, uh, Chris Hardwick 
free water. Wow. Wow. Showbiz. This is a big deal here at the Love Lexi. 100% spring water. 100% spring water. Uh, only eight full ounces, though. One day we're going to go big. It's a local favorite. It's a local fave. Oh, my God. How are you doing? I'm good. Well, let me tell you how I'm doing. Okay. Oh, please. So I like, cut my own bangs. I'm like sleepy. I, let me just tell you, I've been following this bang. You have been? <laughs> Journey. Okay. So I didn't have bangs. I grew them out. I, I know. Then I just got them back. I like, I mean, you look great both <sighs> ways. But then every day I've been cutting them at home myself after oh. I left the salon. Yeah. So now I'm like totally in my brain and I'm like... Well, I feel like a riot girl, whatever that means. Like right. I just feel like too What's extreme. What's the problem with them now, do you think? I don't know. I just feel like it's like too drastic. It's like, what am I trying to... Mm. It's like, I just feel like what helmet head. What are you trying to prove with your yeah. bangs? Yeah, I just feel like it's so drastic. And But I think I'm also PMSing, so this is what today's going to be. Okay, great. A little bit of well, that. I'll tell you, you look beautiful. Thank you, so do you. As always. Thank you, so do you. Um... What did you do for New Year's Eve as we ease into this? Kind of, uh, I have copious notes here. This is oh, all. Great. Don't look. Wow, that looks like a don't look. art piece. It, it is cool. an art piece. <laughs> God. It's true. Um, I went to, I was in Rio de Janeiro you for, were? for New Year's. Yeah. What happened there? Oh my God. It was good. There were 3 million people who come to Copacabana Beach, which is, what? you know, like girl from Ipanema, Copacabana, the whole thing. Yeah. And there's just 3 million people wearing white. And it looks like that scene from uh, Three Amigos, you know, where everyone's wearing the same thing. Why does everybody have to wear white? It's like a... People just do? Yeah, it's like a tradition. And then you throw this certain type of flower into the ocean and you like jump three waves and then you like do an intention and put this flower in the ocean. It's really cool. Oh my God. Are you not allowed to say your intention or else it won't come true? What? Uh, I don't, they didn't, no one mentioned that to me. Okay. Do you want to tell us what your intention is? I mean, I have a bunch. Okay. They're they're just like, you know, work stuff and like, then like little things. Yeah. And you went with your husband? Yeah, he was there, yes. Just him? Did you guys go with a we group? We some or? friends, yeah. Who are these friends? You know, just... Who are these people? Adventurers. Adventurers. Oh, my goodness. Um, what did you do? What did I do? I went to... Well, first, I, okay, last year I didn't go... I didn't go out. I just stayed home. Mm-hmm. And I did mushrooms by myself. Dope. It was cool. Yeah. Have you done mushrooms before? Oh, uh, yeah. I feel like everybody's done mushrooms. I'm the big nerd. Nerd is like, have you guys ever heard of mushrooms? <laughs> They're really cool. <laughs> but like, uh, by yourself. I, yeah. By yourself is an intense thing to do. I've done that before. Have you? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I did. I thought it was going to be like, I've said this before, but I thought it was going to be like Austin Powers. Like, <laughs> like I thought it was going to be like psychedelic. The walls are like pulsing at you. Yeah. yeah. I, but in, instead I was like... You know, I, you know, I'd written a note to the police and I put it on the wall because I thought, like, I thought, who knows what's going to happen here? What does the note say? The note was like, "Dear coppers," or whatever. It was just like everything's like, fine. It was just like if you, if you know, if, if for whatever reason something went wrong, like here's my mom's number. Oh, this is what I took. Wow, you're the most responsible <laughs> drug taker in history. I was just like, I was very scared because I thought, what if I just like you make a will? Yeah, <laughs> leave a lot of cat food out. <laughs> I don't even have a cat anymore. But yeah, oh no, I'm sorry. oh it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like killed my cat while I was high on okay. mushroom. No, no, no. But That's I just cool. didn't make it anymore. But uh, yeah, like so, I wrote it. I wrote a note for the for the police or mm-hmm. whatever in case somebody couldn't find me for days. And, and then I had like the rest, the remaining chocolates. I'm like, what I took is on the counter in my kitchen. But um, anyway. That's what I did last year, and it was like, wow. and I, it was so. You know, I didn't know it was going to be so like internal and cathartic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like weeping and laughing and listening. <laughs> but uh, and then I, I was prepared to be alone this year, uh-huh. but then I ran. I got invited invited to a party last minute, mm-hmm. and I've been so mellow and such a loner this entire holiday mm-hmm. to go from. Just being not home. speaking to anyone to yeah. going to a party. Yeah, I've been like watching movies and just writing at home. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden it was like, 
we're at this party and it's right. e- everybody in showbiz and it's wall to wall and it's a clusterfuck and it's like every contemporary like uh, filmmaker, actor, director, writer, mm. SNL person, mm-hmm. alumni, and I was just like. Oh my God, is this fun? Is right. this a fun party? How many jokes do I remember that I can rattle off right now? Yeah, I, and I just like, I, I don't know if you ever get like this, and I'm, I'm almost on my spiel because then I'm yeah. going to throw it to you and it's no, like a whole fine. love letter to you. But uh, but yeah, I was like, uh, I was like, is this a fun party or is this like a bunch of egos in a room right. and can I relax and do I feel enough? And I, I struggled with that and then I... And I, then I, I bet got over it. Everyone probably feels that at the same time. Do you think so? I do. Yeah, I do. Because it's like I, I love, I like part, I like parties. I like yeah. meeting new people. I like talking. But at the same time, I think everyone's balancing that with like, am I supposed to be here? Does anyone think I'm interesting? Yeah, I think everyone's probably doing both at the same time. I hope so. Like then, I'm super cool, and also, am I? Am I? And like, oh, you know, or comparing yourself to other people, and then I, then I got over it. Then I think like the entire party was just on drugs and fucked up, and everybody, <laughs> and then. When I think about it, everybody was completely kind yeah. and nice. And I was like, I do belong here. And I, right. blah, blah. but uh, I don't know. That was my, uh, so that was my New Year's. Did you have some good resolutions? What are my resolutions? Just to like make a bunch of stuff. That's kind of what mine are. And to follow through. You're doing so many things. I know, but I want to make more things. I was thinking today, yesterday, I was having this thought of like, okay, it seems I can make about two big projects a year or maybe more smaller ones. But like two major ones seems to be like the average of how many things I can get made in in a year or something. And then I'm thinking, okay, if I make stuff till I'm like 65, I'm literally calculating how many things I can make over the course of a lifetime. Really? And I'm like, that doesn't seem like that many things. What? Oh my god! I'm like maybe I can make sixty things in my lifetime. Sixty things in your lifetime? You've done so many things already. Well, I feel. I mean, I don't know. But I was just doing the math, and I was like, "Is sixty things enough?" Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it's so interesting. I guess this is tied to the New Year's like internal spiral and egos and all the stuff, whatever. But it's like these like self imposed goals we put upon ourselves that like nobody else gives a fuck. Like, if I accomplish my self imposed goals, and I don't, you know, and I'm not going to be mad at you if you don't, right? And whatever. And and how much will you? I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I love it. How much will we care on our deathbed? Do you know what I mean? Oh, we'll care. Will we? I think we will because I feel like the point of being here and then dying and having these like goals is because you want to leave something behind so people will remember you. But yeah, I, no, we won't necessarily sure. be like... I, I'm not going to die with my resume, but I feel like I will maybe die with a sense of like, hey, I got out the things in my head Yeah, and I feel good about that. Yeah. Well, also like maybe your deathbed or my deathbed will be like getting hit by a bus. There'll be no time to process all this stuff. There'll be no bed. <laughs> There'll be no time to be like... Oh, no time to... It's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, it's but, like, uh, the, have you seen the movie Defending Your Life? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, you got to rewatch it. It's uh, um, it's uh, pertinent oh. to this conversation, but he also, he gets hit by a bus in like the opening scene. Albert Brooks? Yeah. Not yeah. to ruin it for you. Albert Brooks, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Oh, and God. then the movie takes place in purgatory and he has to defend his life to decide if he goes to heaven or hell. And it's like by a jury of your peers, like in a courtroom. It's yeah. like it's like one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Um, anyway. I think I'm going to heaven. Cool. I just think I'm so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I feel like other hey. people are so mean and shit talking. I'm just like, I if just want... you believe that, it will happen I for you. I do. <laughs> I think you're going to heaven too. Hey, thanks, man. Okay. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see you there. I'm not kidding. I really... Look, I hope so. <laughs> oh, God. But what if this is heaven, Alexi? I mean... Who oh, no. we gotta get into all that. Like yeah. if this is like this could uh, be it right if now. this is just some kind of like what do people call this potentially? If this is some kind of um oh god. Like fault not false reality. I mean you oh. deal with VR. Oh, you mean like if we're living in a simulation? Yes. Oh yeah. Do you believe that? 
It doesn't matter if you believe it or not, really. It's like, it could be. Yeah. It could be. Who, Elon Musk's? Wasn't he at your wedding? Okay. (laughs) Ask him, get him on the phone. It's just like, it could be. And if it is, it's an interesting thing to think about. Whose would it be? Simulation? Yeah. It could be like a, a, a life force from another planet that's more intelligent than us, and they're doing it as like a science experiment. It yeah. could be, you know, the humanity could be something that none of us could even fathom, and it could, we could, ju- it could just be like a computer program. Yeah. We could just be a SimCity computer program. But then if that's the case, I wonder why we can't like recode for um, different physics things. Like why can't we then crack the code and change gravity for, you know, change the um, formula for gravity or, you know what I mean? Yeah. We probably can though. Or the people who are playing with you're choosing not to. or they're Yeah. Just- it's just like if you shifted the formula for gravity this much, everything would shift on, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't yeah. know. Or a cure for diseases. Right. But then it's like, why would they be doing all those things? I, this is a deep, dark rabbit hole. Yeah. My God. But it, but it feels so real to us that even if it is a simulation, they've certainly coded emotions in a way where it doesn't matter. It still feels like we have to get up every day and really fight. Yeah. Do you feel things so... I mean, do you, are you really hard on yourself? I have a million um, questions. Less but. so. Less so, I think, than I used to be. I I think I'm just like, I'm more excited. I I feel much more proud of myself than I think I ever have in my life, which is a cool thing because I think I never really felt proud for a long time. Yeah. And I like that feeling. I'm not particularly hard on myself. I try to zoom out and like know that I'm floating on a ball in the middle of space and like not get down on myself too much. But at the same time, like I want, I want, there's a a need and I'm sure you have the same need of like to see the things in my head come into fruition. Even if everybody hates them, it's just like, I kind of want to see them out there. There's a, it's a real feeling of like, um, understanding when it happens. So that's kind of what I'm focused on. I I definitely am hard on myself. I want to, I want to be great. I want to, I want to be as good as I can be. Yeah. And like, that takes a lot of learning. So what have you been doing to get like, what do you do to to be that? I'm. Tr- I mean, I I I didn't realize this for a long time, but I think like the act of finding mentors and people who are better than you is a is a is a hard thing to do. And also, when you find someone like that, I just try to learn as much as I can from them and like get into a position. I've been lucky to have showrunners and producers on the things that I'm working on that are so much more talented than me and have done so much more than me. And I'm in a position where I get to learn from them. Who are your mentors? Um, well, just like on the first show I did for Comedy Central, I, I had a writing partner named Dennis McNicholas, who's a writer on SNL, and he's he's such a genius, and I yeah. love working with him. And um, he did the, the first one with me. I've been working with Will Ferrell's production company, Gloria Sanchez, and Jessica Elbaum, and those people have been mentors. And on the Hulu thing, I had Lee Eisenberg and Jared Paul, these like comedy guys who are incredible. And on the CBS show now, I also have a show. Like Everyone's just been really... When you get a showrunner or producers, like their job is to give you notes and make you better, and I love that. Yeah. Like, I'm, so into, I'm so into getting notes. Oh, I'm, my God. So it's, it's, um, that's been... I, I, it's like when you look back five years from now and you didn't think you'd be doing exactly what you're doing now. And then I think about the next five years. Anyway, it's just, it's just, um, I like to see progress. I like to see mental progress. Do you meditate? I should do it more. Yeah. I really need to. And it's a hard thing for me to do, but I I like it. Why is it hard? I mean, same reason. I talk about meditating every day. Me too. I talk talk about about it every day. (laughs) I get the apps. I go to the gym. I really like the idea. I know it works. It's, it's, I have a constant uh, conversation with myself. Like, you should really do that today. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but I should also just work. And then if I, after, you know, that's the cycle. Are you religious at all? 
Not particularly. Not particularly. Yeah. And also, like, and you're married, mm-hmm. right? How long have you been married for? Just over a year. Just over a year. And oh god, I'm all over the place. I'm That's so tangential okay. here, but um, because I want to talk about all the projects and everything you're working yeah. on. But uh, and, and but the thing is, it's so interesting. I feel like you demand respect. I feel like oh, that's I feel because like you work with all these in a mean way. No, <laughs> okay. in a wonderful way. Like okay. I feel like just looking at you, I'm like, I okay. Because I want to talk about how we met, but mm-hmm. also I saw you at Sundance mm-hmm. early, like mm-hmm. last year, right? And there's like this one moment where I had this really bizarre blip oh. right in front of you. Yeah, I remember that. And I don't even feel like it was a blip, but it was like it I yeah yeah. So like it's just a thing. What 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 to you? What happened in that moment? You know, I actually thought that was a cool moment. It, well, I mean, like, I don't know how deep you want to get into it. Yeah, it was just get into it. a guy, you had had kind of a new flirtation going on. Yeah. And a guy was kind of being rude to you about it or making you feel guilty about it. Yeah, he made and, some joke. And you, which I thought was really great, because I think oftentimes we stand up to people um, after the fact or in our mind, or you just get bitter about it, but you never mention it. And you amazingly did it in the moment, which I think is a really powerful thing and hard to do. And you were like, hey, dude, that's not cool. You can't make me feel bad about this. Like, I'm living my life. I'm a free spirit. I'm Alexi, and like, I can do what I want. And I was like, that's awesome. Oh, God, that is what happened. It's, it's, it's so, so weird. It was like, because I, yeah, we, we were like catching up where it's on the, I don't know if you're waiting for a car or something, yeah, you're uh-huh. leaving. And then, yeah, and I, I was beginning to date somebody. I just met him at Sundance. We ended mm-hmm. up dating as my boyfriend for a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this guy came in and went, Oh, you look blah, blah. Like, yeah. you just roll, must, I can yeah. tell you just like rolled out of bed after a crazy Nonsense. whatever. Like, and I was like, what? So what if I did? So what if I didn't <laughs> fuck you? Like yeah. I think he was just upset it wasn't with him or something. Yeah. And then also he's saying this in front of you. He doesn't know right. who you are to me. And like and like yeah, he's like judging me and all this stuff. And I, yeah, I remember like immediately getting so reactive. Yeah, I actually did that on New Year's Eve as well, where mm. like somebody was really irritating me, and I just like completely just. Mm. And I thought, is that an ugly thing? Is that bad? Or but I'm actually I happy when I, I do I that don't with men. Think the way you did it was ugly. I think the way you did it was like. Was like empowered, like hey, because yeah. I, I think those things too, but I usually don't say them in the moment because I just I want to think about it more or something. Yeah, but you did it in the Smart. moment, and I think that's the way to do it. Like that was the way to handle that. Well, I also feel like nobody when, when I'm going back to like me looking at you being yeah. like you demand respect. I just feel like I I've, I have this idea, maybe it's just a false mm. projection, but like I feel like nobody would ever talk to you in a mm-hmm. demeaning way, or like if you're working with somebody, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be like. Hey, you want to go get a drink later? Like, or like, be kind of slimy. Does, That's interesting. Am I wrong? Has that no. ever happened to you? Oh, it, you know, it used to, and it's funny. Like, maybe I justified it in a way of like, I'm not as cute as I used to be. What? But like, You're gorgeous. No, no. bone structure. No, How no, dare you? On, I'm not. The, I'm not. You know. Anyway, but it, I'm just saying, uh, it doesn't particularly happen to me recently, and I, I'm into that. And I don't, I don't know if it's a certain thing I'm projecting or, or whatever. But I, I, I think I try to look. It, I, it's actually no one because I don't think anyone's doing anything that makes it happen or doesn't make it happen. But if you're if you're asking like no recently, it doesn't particularly happen. Did it ever happen to you where people when were I like, was younger, like it happened a lot, and it I did, yeah. But I, 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 you know, it's no one's fault. But I, um, I, I'm sure I put out a different energy now. But I, I don't want to say that because it doesn't have to. It's not the woman's fault. Well, just because you're gorgeous, it's just well, you are gorgeous and you're a woman. That's what I'm saying. Like, like I think you're gorgeous now. I think you're. I met you like nine years ago or yeah, something. True. Like, and. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like you have something, the way you hold yourself, the way I've always like seen you, like from, yeah. from just a distance, just like the way you carry yourself is you're so graceful. You're really tall. We're both very tall. You're fuck. Yeah. yeah. You turned me onto the tall girl jeans and oh, I am forever grateful. Thank you. Oh, it made well? I'm wearing them right oh now. Oh my God. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea this is the 
direction the podcast we're going. Um, look, Alexi has great <laughs> tips. She helped me not have high waters, and I appreciate it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. I need to get some new jeans. Yeah, um, well, I you know on. where to get them. I know where to get them. But, but uh, I know what you're saying. I think I try to put off an... I, again, I don't want this to seem like it's ever the lady's fault if this does happen. I try to put out an air, especially when I'm working, of like... Um, d- like if someone fucks with me, it'll be very clear that like don't do that. Yeah, like, yeah. like don't do that. We're here to make things. Did that is is that more because you're? Do you think it's because you're married or like even before you're married? I don't know. I I, I I know what you're saying and I appreciate it and I don't actually know what it is or where when that happened. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Well, God, how, tell everybody how we met. Uh, Alexi and I did a horror film together. We did a horror film together. This when? was maybe right. No, I guess it, like very close to the beginning. First movie I ever did. Maybe second movie I ever did. I was yeah. in college. No, and I almost didn't do it because they were were not. They were paying us nothing. Yeah, and I actually did the math, and I was like, I'm going to lose money <gasps> by doing this movie because of like rent and tra- like I just it wasn't going to. And so I turned. I said no. And then um, the director, who's a very nice man and who's doing very wonderful things, convinced me to do it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to Martha's Vineyard. We're going to do this horror film. Yeah. Let's not call it a horror film. Let's call it a sci-fi film. Sci-fi. Sci-fi I did Die by Parasite, I think. Uh, Spoiler alert. It's called Growth, right? (laughs) It's called Growth. It is called Growth. It was called Growth. It's not Gabe 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 Cowan or Cohen? Yeah, either one. Cowan? Are you guys still friends? Yeah, he's great. He does does cool things. What does he do? He um, he has a company called New Artists Alliance. They make a bunch of great movies. And he actually did a doc... uh, a short doc together about uh, juvenile inmates uh, facing life in prison. And uh, this guy, Ben Lear, was doing a doc on them and Gabe brought me in and we went in and he taught them a film class and they wrote a film and I workshopped with them and then we made the movie that they wrote in prison. Oh my God. And it was a really great experience. You can watch the documentary. It's called They Call Us Monsters. They Call Us Monsters. You guys made that? Um, Ben Lear made the doc and I was involved in making the, I produced the film that the kids wrote. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Gabe's okay. great. But anyway, so we did this movie. So we did this movie. What college were you going to? UCLA. You were going to UCLA. Mm-hmm. How'd you hear about the movie? You had an agent? I had an agent. You went out for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, there are some good fun things about it. Yeah. Not Martha's like, Vineyard. We're in Martha's Vineyard. We were in Martha's Vineyard. Vineyard. Stuck on an island for a month. For a month. Yeah. We I rode in a house. My, this bike around that I found on the side of the street. Yeah. And we lived in a house together. And, you know, I still see Mercea, the other girl from you, that. You do? I cast her in my Hulu thing. Last what? Week. Yeah. I can't believe this. I know. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. We, we mean, I mean, like, look, it's not my best acting work. Oh, whatever. I remember it's them telling me about acting. you before you came. They're like, you, you, Alexi is amazing. She looks like Snow White. She's coming soon. She looks like Snow White. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to meet Snow White. And you do. <laughs> I do? Even yeah. with these bangs? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Um, what was your character? You were like the you like a boat person? I was a boat person. <laughs> I don't know what I was. I can't even remember. All I know the highlight of that was like I Martha's Vineyard is beautiful. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had no idea. We lived in Camp Jabberwocky. Remember? Li- yeah. What does that mean? It was a camp in Martha's Vineyard called Camp Jabberwocky. I just couldn't. I like. I rented a bike. Yeah. I think you inspired me to do that. And I would go around the island. There's a health food store, and we go grocery yeah. shopping. And like you, me, and Marcia. Marcia, yeah. Marcia. We lived in, in this house together, and I think I'm like I'm an only child, and I'm like a mm-hmm. total. I'm an introvert, extrovert, but like mm-hmm. when I go home, I, I can I'm I'm ready to be an introvert. So mm-hmm. for me, it was like very intense to be living right. with two other people. Sure, sure, sure. So I remember that being like uncomfortable for me and like funny because I I would overthink like, oh God, what if we run into each other in the kitchen? <laughs> what am I gonna say? Have some have some topics ready to go. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, I love that. Oh, making dinner? Yes, yeah, serious. Wow. 
do we gluten? I don't know. We weren't there yet as we a culture. We, we weren't gluten free yet. There was no Instagram and there was no gluten free. You're right. There was no Instagram. But God, so we did that. We did that. Changed our careers I forever. Want, forever. <laughs> I want to go back to Martha's Vineyard. I don't know how. how I've is, never, I guess I got to get in contact with Gabe. Does he, <laughs> he probably have, knows how to Does he have the, the quote unquote, the hookup to Martha's Vineyard? Oh my God. Does he? You know, I'm probably. I mean, yeah. it was fun though. I it was the first, that was the first real movie I think I ever made. So Yeah. And then I went back to, col- back to college. You went back to college. What'd you major in? Theater. You did? You know, it's where I learned all my most important tools. All your most, well, because I have to get to like from then to now and how you end up doing all these things. Because like, and when yeah. were you, you were in, okay, so you're in Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Yeah. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Yep. How did that all come about? That was like, God, I, oh, maybe I'm getting my timeline wrong. I think I actually was in Edward Sharp when we made that movie because I brought my accordion to... Oh my God, Martha's Vineyard. Um, yeah, Edward Sharp happened right after college. I met Jade and Alex on a in a on a RV going to Burning Man. And, what? And Tell they, me about that. I had gone to live in Africa for a minute, and then I came back and um, met this guy named David, who's Jade's cousin, and he something dancing African dance met David. He's like, come to Burning Man with Jade or with me, and I get on the RV and there's Jade and Alex and. They were like, we're recording some songs, come play accordion. So we came play accordion. And then that group who made the album became the band. And then like a month after we put out the first album, um, uh, we were playing Letterman and like touring all over the place. And Holy shit. Wait, you'd already done that before you I, did I, the movie? I can't remember. I'd have to go look. Yeah. I'd have to, because I really, maybe not. I can't remember. But definitely accordion was like happening in my life. So it was around that time. Accordion was happening in your life? How does accordion happen in somebody's life? I don't know. You play organ. You grow up in Iowa and yeah. then you play organ and then you can't move it around. So you play accordion because it's mobile. And then you meet some hippies who are making a hippie album, and then you play accordion for seven years. Well, and, but how did you end up living in Africa? Well, you were at UCLA. I was at UCLA, and I graduated early and to, to go teach in Africa for a couple months. What did you teach in Africa? Just this like, is not the norm. Oh, I don't know. No other podcast guest has had a trajectory oh, like this. Okay, well, I don't know. I mean, I went to this city in Kenya called Nakuru, and I taught at this orphanage just like whatever they needed. So I would just like jump in, teach music, or jump in, teach whatever, and then like help help build and... Um, you know, just work, garden. It was great. How I loved you, it. How did you hear about this? I like looked up programs. I was like, how do you go work in Africa? You actively looked up programs. I did. Most people see, yeah, most they are like live their life like I do with a meditation where that's like, right. I think about meditating, but I don't do it. They think about maybe helping, yeah. they don't do it. And you, act, you actively looked up I, I programs. wanted to get out and I, I knew I could graduate early. So I was like, I'm going to take my tuition money for the final like half of the year and like go somewhere. And do something. I, I like going to Africa. Was I've been now have gone there so many times. It's like I'm one of my favorite. It's so amazing. Like you got to get there. It's so great. It's so great. I love it there. It's amazing. So you're so you're there. Yeah. And then you meet this person, this guy. You don't meet him there. Who? Wait, the person you end up going to Burning Man with? Oh, David. David's I met him when I came back. I was like African dancing. He came over. Where to was be, the African dancing like, happening? Like literally, this is like I'm embarrassing. Pull this out of this you. is like embarrassing. I no. don't even want to get to it. I was literally. It's embarrassing. I don't want to. You don't want to talk I about it. I was like really into. I like loved African dancing because I'm a terrible dancer. Are you? And, oh my god. Why? Because you're reason, tall. I, I just. It doesn't. My body doesn't get it. Doesn't get it. I don't get it. 
I don't I think I get it either. I appreciate it. It doesn't look good on me. I don't know what to say. But I really like it. And I loved African dancing. I just, it's really, it's great. It's, because it sounds is it, ridiculous. Is it because it it's more free and there are no more, more rules? and just like. Show I, me an African dance. I can't even. I'm not even good at it. I just like doing it. And okay. I like the music. Okay. Um, anyway, I was, I was doing this. I can't even. I actually don't even want to talk about it. But I met this guy, David. <laughs> I'm so fascinated. And I'm not going to pull this on. out of you. We have yeah. to move on. I really can't wait for you to tell me after we're done recording what was so embarrassing about oh it's fine look okay. he came over to me and he's like hey what are you doing we should talk and I was like okay okay and then we became friends he's a he's a dear uh, dear friend dear person okay David. so and then he's like now we're friends and now we're going to Burning going, Man and I was like this sounds crazy my parents were like that sounds crazy and then I just did it and you just went to crazy. Burning Man and now I've been a bunch you, do you go every year the, I've gone the last three years Okay, so but the first time that wasn't three. No, years that was ago. like ten years ago. Ten years ago, how different is Burn- was Burning Man then from now? Um, well, it. Oh yes, I'm I, offering. A, I'm offering you a. Listerine. People don't know what's happening, but I just offered her Listerine Fresh Burst. Thank you. Oh, oh is it like? Did I need one? No, I needed okay. one. I just like a little um, pep. Um, I've been the last three years. It's it's basically the same. Like the technology of the um, neon has maybe improved. Yeah. And the installations at night are maybe more um, advanced. But it, have you ever been? I've never been, but oh. I dated someone who goes all the time you and loves go. it. But I, was I mean, like, eh. look, even if you don't are not into that scene, you should go for two nights yeah. just to see it. I'd want to go in. I'd want to like fly it, parachute yeah, fly in. in uh, you fly in, weekend. land on the playa, go to the thing. It just it's um it's a it's a visual you have never seen, and okay. like you your the synapses in your brain will be like ah oh, new experience. I'm kind of scared. New visuals. Oh, I mean. I think it's great. I think it's like I just ride my bike around all day and like look at art and yeah, and then it's incredibly beautiful at night. Do you do drugs? We don't talk about anything. Don't. Who knows? About. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're a professional woman. We're adults now. Okay, but yes, uh, I do. Yeah. Um, but I hear people. Die. I mean, I guess people die everywhere all the time. But I was. I, oh. I've heard like, oh, people die at Burning Man, or people get. Ra- it's like scary and it's oh, out of really? control. I don't huh. know. I get. I mean, scared. I've never experienced anything scary about it. Not Good. to say it doesn't happen. I think there's. You know, you can go with group you really feel safe with. I want to go with a safe, fancy group. Yeah, I want to go with a group huh? that because uh, there are so many different types of groups. And I heard they're like yeah. weird sex party things, oh, really? and which I don't want to be a part of. But yeah. uh, but like a. But they're all different types of camps, and I've heard about like a yeah. camp where you walk in and like everybody lies to you, <laughs> like, and like their whole thing is like everything they say is not That's real. Cool. So it's just kind of bizarre. So it's interesting. I mean, it's a, it's my anything. mom goes really. Yeah, your mom's great. My mom's cool. Go on. Um, I think it's like the kind of thing where anything you want you can find there. It's like um, yeah, I can't think of the, what the name of it is, but it's like there's actually a pamphlet when you get there of all the different camps and all the different classes. It's like whatever you can imagine you can find at Burning Man. See, the pamphlet makes me feel safer. Okay. There's That's, a pamphlet. There's a center camp. Me... They give electrolytes out. <laughs> they do? Yeah. See, I want to be near the center of the thing with uh-huh. the pamphlets and the electrolytes because that makes me feel like grounded. Like <laughs> it can't be too out of control. And I'm serious. No, no, I feel you. I think there's a way to experience it the way you want to. Yeah. I, I want to do it in a slightly yuppie kind of way where I'm That's like, funny. I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of questions. And uh, I love that you, you know, have a lot of feelings. Oh, questions. But, uh, I I love it. I love you're a question person. I'm a question person. I think I've certain have you has anyone ever like berated you for having too many questions? Oh god, yeah. Because me too. And really? I, and I always get upset about it. I'm like, how can you tell me I am having too many questions? Yeah, like who has said that to you? Like what has it been a date or has it been like a man? Well, just I think I've like felt before that like maybe my curiosity has like <laughs> yeah. gone too far. And I'm like, I just want to know yeah. everything. I think that's such a great way to be. And yeah. I feel like I do that for bunch of different reasons. One, I want to know. Mm-hmm. Another thing is like a long time ago, I think I learned the habit of asking a lot of questions mm-hmm. because 
I wanted to take the attention off me. Oh, interesting. And then I kind of learned that like people like to open up and once they start right. going, they yeah. want to, and then I don't have to talk about myself. Oh, that's interesting. Even though I do like talking about myself, but it's a balance. It's a balance. But uh, well, now you have like a okay. So we met, did the movie Burning Man, USC, African Dance, mm-hmm. secret stuff there that we're not going to touch on. Okay. Got it. Okay, so. I want to talk about your love life, maybe if we can, if you sure. don't mind, because that's, that's fine. inspiring. But, mm-hmm. uh, but like now you have like a gazillion things in the works. Like, mm-hmm. so did you? Is it a movie at Hulu that you wrote and directed? It's a virtual reality choose your own adventure movie. Wait, it's a virtual reality choose, choose your own adventure, adventure movie. Movie, and you wrote it and directed it, mm-hmm. and it's called. Door number one. Door number one. And it's like a, it's, it's first person. So whoever puts on the headset is the lead character. So like it's happening to you and you get to make decisions and decide. So the, the, the plot of this one is you're going to your 10 year high school reunion and like you, you get to decide if you're going to like smoke weed with the janitor, like make out with this girl under the bleachers or like you get to decide what happens and it takes you through this kind of decision tree that the script was kind of written in a decision tree. And there's like three acts just like a movie. And then at the final scene, you choose to dance with one of two women, depending on what you've learned along the way and like how you feel about them. Um, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a crazy science experiment. Like Hulu's building the algorithm to make the whole decision thing work because it's all gaze control. Like you don't click anything. It's all where your attention is. Really? When people are like, hey, come over here. And this one's like, hey, come over here. And you look back and forth and they kind of glow as you look at them longer. And then if you look long enough, the glow swipes the screen and then you're down that rabbit hole. Oh my God, so how dangerous. It's like, oh God. It's very, it's very complicated. It's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done. And um, I'm just in the editing process now. We're almost finished. And it's like, it, I'm super proud of it. I think it's super interesting. It's like, it, the technology is so difficult in virtual reality. It is so hard to make it look as good as you want to make it look. And I'm very excited for like, I'm so excited for people to see it and play with it. And I'm excited to do the next one when the cameras are even better because they change like every two months. What kind of cameras did you use for this? This one I used a camera called an Obsidian, but they're like, they look like a little like, I don't know, bug, a bug eye or something. Like they're a circle of cameras. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to do camera movement. And I mean, the whole the whole thing is hard. The, the stitching is hard, but I'm really proud of us. And I, it's, it's cool. I think we're the first people to do it. And we had a great cast and like, Snoop Dogg was in it. And like all these fun people came out and, and um, you know, so uh, it's great. It should be out early January. On. Wait a minute. But how do we get from uh, UCLA, mm-hmm. Burning Man, African Dance, Living Your Life, <laughs> uh, acting to now you're writing? And yeah. you're selling shows and you're right. making, like, when, what was the first writing thing you did? And how did you come first to that? writing thing I did, so I would take screenwriting classes while I was on tour. And I would act while I was on tour, I'd be on shows and then go out and come back. And um, What I, shows? It was, uh, I was on Jennifer Falls. Jennifer, I was on The Office for a while. I did Greek, uh, you know, a bunch of comedies yeah. about life. Yeah. Um, and th- but most of the shows I was on would get canceled as they do after a while. And I think at a certain point I realized that... Um, and like had some harm, hard times as an actor, as you do, of like being a series regular and then not getting a job and like kind of that wiggle wobble of back and forth was like not, it was emotionally hard, but it was more just like frustrating because I love making things all the time. And I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't sustainable for me in the long run. Even if I am, can make a living as an actor, like it, this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel great. Like the feeling of being out of control and waiting. Yeah. Ugh, and and just like wanting to make stuff, but waiting for people to tell me to make it. And it just... You know, and it was hard and financially was confusing. And so at a certain point I was like, okay, I am scared to make my own things, but I think I have to 
float on a ball in the middle space and like, fuck it. Can I say that? Oh God, say that everything, everything and, you want. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. Like, fuck it. Oh, relax. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, twice was enough. Three times is out of control. Right. And so I think it was a real um, overcoming a certain thing that we all have to leap over at a certain point. And like, I have all these ideas in my head. Let's see if I can do it. Let's see if I can get them out. And so um, I started taking every class I could take and working and developing these ideas that I'd had for years. And the first one I put together was this one for Comedy Central. And I got uh, Olivia Wilde was my producer. And then we went to Will Ferrell's company. How did this happen? What's it called? What was it called? What year oh, this, was this? Sh- this show was called Bestseller. Um, Bestseller. How many years ago? Two. Only two years ago. Three. Maybe three. three at this point. Okay. That was the first show I sold three years ago. Yeah. And how did that come together? So you wrote um, this thing and then what? I wrote, I Want didn't the write the script because I, I mean, we did later, but the, how, how I've been selling things lately is I make these very extravagant pitch decks. Have you ever made one of these? I'm I sure you have. I think so. I mean. I make these like very detailed pitch Bibles. Um, I've learned one thing I'll say if anyone's trying to make things and want to sell things is learn every mother effing program that you can learn. Like I learned. Premiere, Logic, Pro Tools, Keynote, InDesign, like learn everything. I literally use them every day. Every single day I use almost all of those programs. Um, Okay, so I started making these very elaborate pitch decks because I knew because I had never made a show before that no one's going to give me a show unless I can really explain to them what I'm trying to do. And this show was very weird. It was about like a small town home shopping network where like the queen dies live on the air and her like protégés are trying to overtake her spot. It's a very like soap dishy um, kind of movie. Have you ever seen Soap Dish? I love Soap Dish, yeah. I love like Strictly Ballroom Soap Dish, like kind of campy, big colors, like crazy show. So um, I made a deck with like every visual and every character description for the whole thing. And How then, did you know to make a deck three years ago? I, I didn't began? know to make a deck. And what I said was, if I, I'm a visual learner, if I was on the other side, how would I want people to explain this to me? Yeah. That's all I did. Oh, because wow. I, the stakes were low because I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to sell a show. Like, how the hell do you do that? And so I was like, if someone is explaining something to me, how would I want to see it? And that's how I made a deck. I didn't know the word deck. I didn't know what that meant. I just put pictures and images together in a way where you can see an entire show without reading the script or seeing. And I made a little video of my favorite like home shopping moments that showed the tone. So I cut that together and made this deck, and then I started sending it out to people. And who'd you send it out to? And did you have your agent do that? I want uh, that. I got a lit agent, gave it to my managers. They helped me get a lit agent. Then um, Olivia came on board, who's a friend, and she loved the idea. Then we went to Will Ferrell's company, and Jessica Elbaum and Will Ferrell's company came on board, and then we went out and pitched it proper. Oh, and then I got Dennis, who's my showrunner, who's from SNL, and that was me them just sending out the deck to people who they thought would like it. And then I took a bunch of meetings with showrunners and chose Dennis because he's just a genius yeah and then we went out it might be boring to people I don't this know this is Sorry. not no okay. all this is like fascinating that's okay. why I'm trying to slow you down and get all the details because okay. this is completely inspiring to people and okay. young women and sure 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 okay yeah. so let me know if it's boring but this no. is the minutiae of how it went I love it and so then we went out to networks and like did a couple days of pitching to networks put together like a 20 minute it's kind of like a play pitch of how to explain this world and the story that gets you there and all this stuff which in my first time doing that was very nerve wracking because like how do you do that no one's ever taught me or teaches you how to do it and again I kind of just took the same thing of like how would I want to hear this if I was them because I'm sure they hear hundreds of these you know every year um so we did that. We sold it to Comedy Central, which was a joy, and then wrote it for them and went all the way to table read, and they didn't pick it up, but it was like an incredible experience you for me. You didn't shoot it? We didn't shoot it. But like, it, I'm so proud of this script, and I that we had a table read with like ama- amazing, it was like one of the happiest days of my life. Who was in it? You oh cast it and everything? 
We cast the table read. I would have to go. I mean, it, it was... It was a joyous room of people. Wow. Um, but so didn't do that. But immediately after that, I was like, okay, I can do this. And so um, since then, I've really just, I'm still acting and doing my th- things, but the, the the writing and the directing and the selling shows has become kind of the focus because like my main goal is to get a show on the air and like to be able to get all my ideas out in one spot. I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like once you have a, a thing you're working on, like anything that happens to you during the day, all of your weird thoughts like have a home and it's like a very comforting feeling. Yeah. And it makes you feel kind of in control of your life. It's still a bit out of control. Nothing, you're really not in control of anything. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's better than just when you're going on auditions and being at other people's mercy. Yeah. And like I like auditioning and I love being a part of other people's great projects. It's just, you know, I'm I've never been that kind of actor that's working back to back to back. It's like every now and again I get a great show and I love it, but I'm I'm not the person who's working 364 days a year and because of that like you know, I used to get bummed about that and then I realized, hey, if that wasn't the case, I don't know that I would have opened myself up to this other part that I'm like so excited about. Yeah. And so um, I think it's uh, kind of about following life's weird yellow brick road, and I'm really into it. I'm really into it. And then what's? And then how did the? Because then you worked at Super Deluxe for a minute, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how did how did that? Go? So okay, so that so, all right. So bestseller is happening. Mm-hmm. What's what's next after that? Where do you go from there? Um, after that, I started doing a Hulu VR show called Virtually Mike and Nora that I did with my buddy Mike O'Brien. Oh, Mike O'Brien? Yeah. Oh, he was at the party I was at. Wait, was he yeah. on SNL? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, for New Year's? Yes. It's, I remember at one point, like, uh, I looked over and we're all, a bunch of people were having a chat. And mm-hmm. yeah, he was totally sweet. I think I just, it was like, oh, I'm like, he was very sweet. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. He's one of my favorite people. Oh. Um, we did this show together for Hulu, like a five part VR series, which is kind of the proof of concept to the movie I just did. If I hadn't done that, I'm sure they wouldn't have given me the money to do the next thing. So I called Mike and I was like, hey, do you want to try comedy VR? I don't think anyone's really done this before. How do you know him um we were in the same friend group the same friend group and um he said yes and so he and i wrote and directed these these five kind of like portlandia little sketches where you the viewer also the portlandia character. i mean like like we're different characters in every thing that's I'm just making sure i slow it so we can understand oh portlandia. sorry no 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 oh, i mean it fe- the tone well, you and i are both fast talkers oh yeah so i have to the make tone sure. is similar and we play different characters in every episode that's why i would say it would be similar to portlandia um, but anyway, so we did those. And then at the same time I was consulting at Super Deluxe, um, I met Wolfgang who runs it and he asked me to just come in and bring funny friends in and make great shows. So we made three web series uh, while I was there, which I love. Explain and to people what Super Deluxe is in case for those Super Deluxe is a no, media no company that yeah. focuses on, I don't know, uh, their internet presence on Instagram and they have a, a huge youth fan base and they make... Uh, they also are a production company that makes TV shows. They were doing web series for a minute while I was there, and we made um, three shows that I love, and one of them now we set up at Sundance, and, and we're going to hopefully make as a half hour. Oh, on, on the Sundance. What's it called? Sundance Now. Sundance Now. Where do people find Sundance Now? Just it, on Apple TV? Apple or? TV. Oh, wow. It's a subscription thing. They have like cool shows. So we're, we're in development now on, on the show called Riders that we made at Super Deluxe. That's been super fun. Riders? Mm-hmm. R-I-D-E-R-S? Yeah. What's that about? Um, so it's a show created by my friend Alexander McGinnis, and it's about a female musician uh, whom I play and every episode shows the inspiration for one song so we flash back to different parts of her life oh. that led her to write that song and then uh, I write an original song for every episode so okay so you had and so how did you end up meeting Wolfgang and so we have bestseller mm-hmm. the VR show that has, that has yeah. nothing to do with super deluxe mm-hmm that was a Hulu one. That's with Mike O'Brien. Yeah. How did that? You just you created it and you just pitched it. Yeah. 
again. Mm-hmm. So. I, I knew Hulu was going to start to do VR, and I just thought I hadn't seen comedy VR yet, so I thought, like, hey, let's try this thing. Oh, so you went in with Mike, or mm-hmm. did you go, oh, I went okay. in with Mike, and we pitched it, and then... Um, and you hadn't shot anything, or you shot I, We stuff? shot one. This is another thing. I knew that they wouldn't make it unless they could see it, so we shot one at Mike's house over the weekend. Wow. Like a little five-minute thing. What were you doing? Where the camera, you, the viewer, are a baby, and we are your parents, and like we do a little sketch. So you're in a crib, and like we come over you, and it's this whole thing about the baby just grows up really fast, and it's very bad. And How anyway. did you have the equipment? Um, I borrowed them from Riot, who, who is a documentary VR company where my husband oh. works. Oh, okay. This, oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and, exciting. Yep. So, okay. So then you... You sell that to Hulu. Yeah. You make five episodes. Yeah. It's on you can find it on Hulu now. On there now. And then that stops. Then we finished that. And then they were like, What do you want to do now? And then I pitched him door number one. And then a movie. Movie, which was a much larger scale, like we shot for over a week. When did you like, when did you pitch it? Like uh, I want to know the time frame between when you pitched it until like making it to Oh. It was probably like an eight Eight or nine month thing from pitch to like, shoot, shooting. So it's January 2018 now. So when did you pitch it? Oh God, I don't know. I like mean, we're la- just, just finishing now. It was probably last year, last like one, early yeah. last year. Pitched it. Took a couple months to write it with my friend Chris, and then we um, then pre production for a month, and then yeah. shot for over a week, and now we're almost done editing. Oh my goodness, you are the busiest woman I've ever met in my entire life. I don't know. I don't know. It's so true. Okay, so. What was it like directing? How was it like? And is it different? It was so great. It was so great. Tell me what that experience was like. How how many days was the shoot? Was it five days? It was yeah. It was five days, and then we had like two days of pickups the next week with uh, Snoop Dogg and other people. Oh, I. It was only five days. It was only yeah. It was only five days. But it's like um, what? How do I? We were shooting ten pages a day. I thought it was going to be like twenty days, five day weeks. So before five day weeks. No, 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 no. What? Because it's not. It's not. Um, we shot fifty. We had fifty five pages. But your user experience is only going to be 12 to 15. So a lot of the scenes were like, would start out the same and then they'd change at the end of the scene to go down a different route. Do you know what I mean? But there's like, I'd have to show you the script for it to make sense. But we were trucking. I mean, it's it wasn't, we had a good budget, but not like a, like, I like can you, super take it Under a million, over a million. None of it, just, like, just under. Okay. Yeah. But we, you know, I'm shooting 10 pages a day, which is a lot. Yeah. But it was... I, I will say, I keep saying this, I said this about the thing before, but like th- it was the most fun week of my life. Like I, I had never, f- I have felt so happy every day. Like I showed up and I was like, I can't believe we get to make this. It was so exciting. Yeah. And um, I'm sure, you know, cause you're also a director, like it's, it's a, just a certain kind of joy. And I really, I had a great team, a great production company. And I focused on, I, I think we've been on so many sets. Maybe you've been on some that haven't been fun as I have been on some that haven't been fun. And I just wanted my set to be so fun. Oh, I love being on sets in general. They're always fun. I know fun. I love being on sets, but yeah. I, I wanted everyone to feel like their Happy. ideas were heard and like they were getting their creative input in. And I feel like, you know, we finished early every day. We really accomplished a lot. I'm so I'm so proud of everyone. Where did you shoot it? Um, We shot some of it downtown oh my god in these tunnels downtown that were so tunnels creepy. like where they shoot every horror film where there's like a meat hangers i mean it was just like terrifying tunnels in a soundstage kind of thing yeah and then we shot at a school because it's 10-year reunion two different schools we shot at like a catholic school and then this other school um all you know all over la all over la and like how is it different from let's say directing just a, a normal narrative. Yeah, you know, what does that look it's like? It's hard to do comedy when you can't do coverage. 
So you can't do coverage because you don't even have the other. The other character is the person watching the movie, yeah. right? So everyone, first for the actors, you're acting to a camera all the time, unless you're talking to the other character in the scene. But most of the time, you're t- looking at the camera, which is difficult for the actors. But besides that. You have to block. I mean, there's so much blocking. We had to block the scenes like a play because everyone's moving around the camera. Then the camera's on a rover, and like instead of doing a wide shot, a medium, a close up, an over the shoulder, like you're having all the actors do that blocking around the camera themselves. So they're changing their their shots kind of themselves in the middle of the scene. So instead, we would have like 80% rehearsal, 20% shooting because it was so intricate. And we had scenes with you know 200 extras, and I mean it was a big production. So um, it was. Very complicated. A lot of math went into it, surprisingly enough. And the why? cameras are so finicky, and they break down all the time. And it's, what kind of cameras? And why so much math? Um, the, the math. Remember, of, I know people who are listening might yeah. have no idea about any of this. Sure. Just want to like. Oh understand. yes. Okay. So I mean, the cameras themselves are just incredibly complicated. And from you know my DP's perspective, there's a lot of math on a certain co- you know stuff they don't have to do on normal cameras. Certain colors don't work. You have to change. Um, I would let him talk about this more. But like when the moving, they have to change the shutter speed. Like there's just a lot that's going on in the middle of a scene that you usually don't have to think about. And then just the blocking was very intense and you have to be aware of parallax lines where the lenses of the cameras cross and who's talking into what lens and where at what time based on eye lines. There's just a lot of stuff you never have to think about in a normal scene. And on top of that, you have to make the timing and the comedy work without being able to tighten a scene with coverage. Like if someone slows down a joke, you just cut to the close up and you've fixed the time thing but you can't can't cut in the middle of a scene oh wow every scene has to play all the way through so if anyone messes up their line we start over and you you like vr entertainment you like are you into do you um, have the vr I stuff have, at home I, right i have to have it to do this i like it are we ready for it or i don't we, think we're only, ready for we're it. not as a society as like as in entertainment yeah. it's it's just like it's just, this is the beginning of it all right i don't think we're i don't think we're particularly ready for it i think hulu's banking on the fact that people will be ready for it soon I like it um, because it's a challenge, and I like it because it's a new industry, and people will give you an opportunity to make something if you have an idea and a passion in it right now. I I think I would prefer to make a regular narrative, regular narrative, but I will say that I'm incredibly proud of what we made and excited for people to play with it. Yeah, it's so interesting. Cause I got I was I was at some company, and they're like mm-hmm. they're like, oh, if you have any pitches for VR, yeah. And I did not know what to pay. I was like, "Well, you have you watched a lot of it?" No, I've been to my friend's house and I put on his, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I don't even like got I yeah. set head, you know, and he has a whole like body thing. I think. Oh, really? He has a whole full on thing and the whole yeah. setup, and he does like, whatever. This one guy does comedy in in VR cool. as like a cartoon, as an avatar, whatever. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they do like the live action avatars that are animated I, as you move. Yeah, and like in yeah. your whole but. I don't. I'm so. I'm so into like seventies, like Paul Mazursky, and like sure, or like sure, there's sure. old timey movies about like feelings or like Cassavetes yeah. or like Eric Romero. I know. I know. I, I, so I don't. I didn't understand what to pitch. I was like, what about a talk? Could we do a VR talk show? I don't know how that would work. Actually, like, right? Who am I talk? So I'm so my brain. I've got to connect the dots. I feel like my frontal lobe hasn't, you know, yeah. solidified or something. I totally formed. understand what you're saying. Um, I think if you watched a lot of it, you, you'd understand. But but also, it's just not for everybody. It's not. But I, I'm fascinated. That's why I'm talking to you about it is yeah. like so interesting because I'm like I wouldn't even. I barely understand. How, and this is good. This is now we're having a conversation yeah. about it, and we're going to put it out into the ether. Mm-hmm. And it's, this is a conversation mm-hmm. that you know, in, in podcast form, this is part of people's cultural understanding right. of it, like conversations like this about sure. the inner workings and how it works to make stuff and how you watch the stuff. And But also like, what's the, 
what is the craving for it? Is it, is it to feel connected in this world that we're living in right now where it's like everybody's like so disconnected, but we all right. are also very connected. And now in our, our entertainment, now it feels like yeah. somebody's directly right. taught and we're connected to our entertainment. I don't understand. I think uh, one thing is is voyeurism, being Voyeur- able to Ugh, live yeah. in experiences that you wouldn't get to live in in your real life. And it, it registers in your brain, they say, as an experience and not something you saw. Because, as an experience. Because it's, it's not only is it sight, it's hearing, but it's also your spatial feeling sense. Your spatial. So you feel like it's happening to you. Like it feels dangerous in the same way that danger feels in real. Like if something comes too close to you or if you're on a roller coaster in VR, you're going to be like, oh, like, you, oh, so we've been, I've been on VR roller coasters at like right. Universal Studios, right? Sure. But it's like, you know how, <laughs> but for a moment your body thinks you're doing it. So yeah. take that and apply that to emotions. It's a voyeurism in a sense of like, you feel like this is happening to you in a way. It's Your body's never going to be like, oh, this is totally my real life. But if you get deep, deep into it, and I urge you to read the book Ready Player One. Wait, so read the book Ready Player One? Yeah, which they're making a movie of. Spielberg is making this movie. It's about the future where everyone goes to work in their headset every day. Like their normal life is so shitty that you live in this virtual world, which I do think could happen. It, it, it just is every, everyone has to adapt it if, if this is what's going to happen. Like we're all going to create create these avatars in this world for ourselves in a headset that maybe is different or better than our own or more interesting than our own. I don't want this. Well, I don't know if it's really going to happen. I I'm don't want it's this, It's an option. Everybody. I think people are saying some people might want to do this, so let's create content where you can go and live another life or yeah. have this thing happen to you that wouldn't happen in your real life. So it's escapism, right? I think so. I was talking about this with somebody else talking about... Um, because I feel like it's voyeuristic when you watch a movie. Let's say I'm watching a movie. Mm-hmm. That's kind of voyeuristic because I'm sure. having a peek into and the people aren't talking to me. It's not interactive. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like, oh, what was I talking I feel like the music at the comic book store is louder than normal because the door is closed and it's pounding. But anyway, um, I feel, oh, okay. I was talking about this with a friend of mine and, mm-hmm. uh, and we were talking about augmented reality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. talking about how like at some point you know maybe we're going to be everybody's going to have their like glasses on Mm -hmm. their goggles on Mm -hmm. and I can like let's say you and I were on a date right we'd both be wearing our goggles tell me if I'm completely off base here but this is the conversation I was having with a friend Mm -hmm. and he'd be projecting onto me and Mm -hmm. I'd be projecting onto him like so it doesn't even like aging wouldn't matter because we're just projecting we're seeing things the way we want to see them. Oh, interesting. Or I don't know. And then there's VR porn. I was talking about VR porn, right. which makes me sick. Like, yeah. I hate all of it. What's the good stuff about it? What's good I, about that? You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm interestingly enough, like not a person who goes home and like sits at my goggles every day. I'm not. And also, I'm not. That. I'm not like like oh, be on my podcast, luring you here. You're telling me that you're oh, working no. in VR, and then I'm like, I hate. VR. No, that's not what I'm I saying at all. I think it's totally. I'm just great talking. that you hate it. No, and no, like, no, 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 no. I no. really mean that. No, no. Listen to me though. That's not what I'm saying. Like. I really want to make this clear because because yeah. I don't want. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm saying um, it scares me, and I want to understand more about it. Sure. And some of it, it to me, like based on the little I, you know, the, mm-hmm. what I barely know about it, uh, is kind of heartbreaking to me. And I'm also not, and and I hope none of this comes across as like me being rude to you because oh, you you create no, stuff no. and you're creative and you make a million things and you're a musician and an actress and no. a writer and a director and all these things and. I'm I'm I adore you and I'm celebrating all that. So this is just my <laughs> tiny feeling about a conversation with a man where he's telling me about VR porn and yeah. and augmented reality and it just I'm talking about that and that makes me probably makes me feel sad as as far as like the future of like human relationships and romance. Sure. 
And like, I don't know if that worries you. Like, I don't know. Oh, it totally worries you. I s- totally see what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. I love you. I'm, just, yeah. I'm completely unoffended. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of bad things about it too. What are those bad things and what are the good things? I mean, I think the good things can be like, it can be adventure. I think you can put it on and like go do things and like it can be a very exciting feeling. Uh, more exciting than watching a movie three feet away. Like you can't have that kind of effect um, on a TV in some of the ways you can in VR. I think that's exciting. Like the bad stuff, there's going to be all that stuff. There's going to be Tell people me. like living in their headset for too long and not living their real life and people, you know, doing all the VR porn. Like, you know, there's going to be all that stuff. But then what is real life? So real life is whatever you're experiencing, right? Real to you. So it's real like. To you, yeah. So then their goggles, that could be their real life, but then they don't have to, you don't have to form the, uh, the social yeah. skills. And, and I think we're at a really interesting point with it where it's like people don't really know how we're going to use it mm-hmm. and what it's going to be good or bad for. So we're in this very, th- this experimental phase where it's like, try everything. Everybody makes stuff, try everything. Let's see what sticks. Like it's been a long time since a new medium has been born in this yeah. way. Like this isn't film, this isn't TV. It will never replace them. It's like, it's been a long time. So I think people are like, let's see what works. Let's see what doesn't work. Did you see this conversation with, oh God, I forgot what he does or, or what he did at Facebook, but he was, he was thinking he was speaking at Stanford mm-hmm. and giving a talk about how what was happening at Facebook. They had no idea what they were oh. introducing into the culture. But then they did. And now we do where it's like, we have our Instagram, we have our mm. Facebook, our Twitter, you know, our Google glasses, augmented reality, VR, whatever. But that's, that's besides the point. Um, with like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing how you can like lose hours to just like, mm-hmm. you know, getting that hit of dopamine, like yeah. who liked my photo, who's watching my Insta stories and all this stuff. And I find myself like I'm completely addicted to my phone. Sure, sure, sure. I know it's unexclusive. I'm not the, I'm not, I know I'm not the <laughs> only one, but it's, um, but then it's like you have to take control of your life and go, I've got to make choices. Like, how do I want to live my life? Okay, I will. I will meditate for 15 minutes a day or, or I will look at my phone or maybe I'll post something, but I won't check the, the likes. I won't check. Right. Or, or when I go out to dinner, I put my phone away. Yeah. Or because if you don't become conscious with all of the technology and all oh, this stuff. Oh, it just eats you alive. It'll eat you alive. And then I just feel like not people aren't being conscious and they aren't seeing how how dangerous it can be. They just go with the flow because it's the future and all these things are available I know, to and us. you fall behind if you don't. If oh, you don't. This is another thing I learned from you. Oh my God, yes. Oh, I have that in my purse right here. We're talking about chapstick, you chapstick guys. Right now. It's Neutrogena. Neutrogena. <laughs> Wait, in person. Did I show that to you in person? Or, I think so. Or over the phone in text form. But uh, I don't remember, but it's great. Neutrogena. What's the name of the color that we use on our lips? Something plum. It's like, a yeah, it's a... It's a Lovely. I couldn't tell you. Casual, effortlessly chic plum that we put on our lips. Don't worry about it. Anything Alexi says you should get, you should probably get. Thank you. Madewell Madewell jeans for tall girls. For tall girls with a long, you know, nice inseam that Mm -hmm. works for our body, Mm -hmm. and uh, really great chapsticks with a with a nice tint. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so yeah, so it was just interesting to hear this guy talking about how, like, you know, he was part of the of creating what was happening, you know, at, at Facebook. And now it's like, here we are, we're all just like glazed over zombies walking down the street, bumping into poles and on our phone, not looking because you're, you you are just like when you're talking about, uh, in your, with virtual reality Mm -hmm. and how, I guess if if maybe this is how your movie works, when when we're talking about virtual reality, it's wherever you put your attention and then that's where you go. And Mm -hmm. it just has sensors to know where you put your attention. It's the same as real life. It's like with your thoughts, it's like whatever I put my attention on will grow bigger Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I've right. got to, I've got to, you know, actively like 
and I'll be done with this rant in a moment, but I, I, I spiral all the time. Mm-hmm. I overthink, I overanalyze, and I have to harness where I put my attention and do cognitive behavioral therapy on myself mm-hmm. to go, stop thinking about that, put, put your attention on something that's more, that mm-hmm. serves you better, that makes you happier, that's mm-hmm. kinder, that's more gentle. So where just, did you learn CBT? Oh God, I just have always been doing it. Just like by just, yourself? Or you yeah, like I read just, about it? I just been doing it by myself and then somebody told me what that was. Where oh, cool. Like if I'd get really sad and manic or whatever, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Alexi, is anything really wrong? Oh, that's no. nice. Just relax. Nobody hates you. Everybody's worried about themselves. We're in their car. We're driving. We're living our lives. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. It's like ASMR now. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's great. But so just like it's just uh, I just get worried and I feel like people are like, well, you have to. Oh, this this will be we'll end the rant. But this guy I was talking to about all this stuff, he was like, that's just where life's going. Mm-hmm. You know, augmented reality, projecting people on. You mm-hmm. know. This is just where we're headed. And I thought, wait a minute, but we don't, we're not necessarily headed anywhere. Yes, all the shit is available, Mm. but we have the ability to make choices. And you go, how do I want to curate my life? What kind of choices do I want to make? Do I want to be a person who loves watching movies? Mm. Do I want to be a person who puts my phone away? How do I want to, with all of these choices and ways in which to live in this world, how do I choose to live my life? And then that will kind of dictate, like, who the people that you interact sure. with. Like you find your people based on like how we exist in this world and like how, I don't know. Anyway. You know, it's actually just thinking about what we're doing right now. And like this art form, like the art form of talking into a microphone is such an old thing. Yeah. Like this, like although the technology is modern that we're using, like this, what you're doing is like the oldest way of entertainment. You're doing a, a radio program. So that's cool. And it's long form too, which is yeah. interesting because in this world where it's like everything is like, 15 seconds on, yeah. on Insta stories. You're like, doing like hours of talking, yeah. which is fascinating and which has been around for, you know, since yeah. since you could do anything on a radio. So. And, it, and it has its audience. There are people yeah. who love podcasts. Yeah. And it's so interesting. It's like while we live in a society with a very short attention span, people right. will make allowances for podcasts yeah. and they'll break it up during the day or they'll listen to a full story. Me, so it's so me included. I love a podcast junkie. Me too. Which ones do you like? This one excluded. This one excluded. Um, tell me. I mean, I've heard every This American Life that's ever happened. Oh, really? Oh, you're fancy. I'm like a sloppy listener just, of podcasts. It makes me feel like a part of humanity. Really? I've got to start listening to that. Is oh, that Ira Glass? Yeah. I just, I learn, there's so many little interesting stories and it's like, I cry listening to that podcast because it just, it tells these stories of humanity that you don't normally hear and I and they bring them together in these beautiful themes and I'm like I am human god I have to listen to that um it's great I also listen to a lot of radio lab just because I want to learn yeah those are my main two and I'm sure they're a lot of people's main two but like I want I like the ones where I can feel like I'm e- educating myself during see I always listen to I listen to Brian Koppelman's the moment have you heard mm-hmm. that one mm-hmm that's uh the guy who created the show billions and oh cool round, he, rounders and a bunch of movies and it's just him talking to people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't think I'm pushing away my audience right now. They're like, oh, let me go check out that <laughs> podcast. But he, yeah, so it's that one and he interviews people. It's just a casual conversation. It's not very produced. Right. And and he asked people like, what was the moment in their life that kind of shifted everything when, when everything mm-hmm. changed? And mm-hmm. I like Alec Baldwin's podcast. Oh, I like that one. Oh my God. I just love his, his voice. voice. Oh, I was just going to say He's that. got that great old timey oh, voice. I think so I'm so good. I'm meant to date like a 50 something year old or like a 60 year old, I feel like. I bet you could do that if you wanted to. I mean, to. I don't, I don't really want to. I just want an old soul, but uh, yeah. And then I love Mark Maron's yeah, show. Me too. I like Joe Rogan sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah, just like sloppy conversations and, you know, Pete Thomas conversations. With right. People on, you made it weird, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, where were we? Talking about VR. VR. I went into VR and just sh- making shows. Did you ever. 
Wait, when does the movie come out? When does the VR movie come January, out? January, February. January, February? Yeah. What's exciting? Where, we, oh, where can we find this it? Is January. It'll be on the Hulu um, app. We're just like in the last couple weeks of getting it together. Holy shit. I know. And then what's assisted living? You're a busy, busy oh, woman. Well, so right after the finish of the Hulu show, I went out to pitch this half hour like network sitcom that I had thought of. Now tell us about that. Where'd the idea come from? What it's about? So I had, um, okay, so while I was in the band, I would go visit my grandfather in the nursing home a lot. And I'm sure everyone's had like a nursing home experience in their life. And I just was always shocked at how, like, you know, he would, I would tell him about crowd surfing and he would tell me to get a 401k. Like Ah! our lives were just like so different. And I would try to explain to him what I was doing as like a professional rock accordion player. Yeah. And he would tell me like how to get my life together and change a tire and like all this stuff. And I was fascinated by like how much I didn't know about his generation, how much he didn't know about my generation. And then, so I, I just, that got me thinking about this, also this crazy world that they live in of the retirement home, nursing home. I watched them go from like retirement to assisted living to, you know, all the way through the process. Yeah. And, um, I was just fascinated by the community they build there and how busy they are and like all the things you do and the clicks and it's it's an incredible world. And then I read this article about this program in the Netherlands where college kids get to live in retirement homes free of charge during school. Really? Because it helps the elderly people with Alzheimer's and signs of aging, keeps them young and virile. I don't know, you know, young and active and yeah. And and the, uh, college kids get uh, you know free room and board, which they really need during college. So I read this pro- about this program and then I was thinking about the idea that I had previously had and I, and I put them together in this half hour sitcom show where a college kid gets kicked off campus and has to move into a retirement home. I love this. And so it's a half hour sitcom about this like odd couple between this like 18 year old kid and um, you know his 75 year old roommate. I love this for so many reasons but also because I identify with uh, I, I love having older friends. Yeah. Well, me too. I always love talking to like an 80 year old woman I meet at the car wash yes. we're sitting down we have these deep philosophical conversations. I know. I respect the fact that they've been on this planet for so much longer than me. I know and th- what they're thinking about is so different than what we're worried about all the time because they're kind of past the hustle portion of their life. And, and there's so much knowledge to gain. Yes and they're reflecting and they're I, lo- I love talking and I real I've been reading articles about it and the thing is that we only hang out with people basically in a 10 your age range around us, 10 oh, or so. Yeah. I mean, 10 to, you know, they're the general area. And I think that's kind of crazy. And so I'm interested in seeing what happens when you put, you know, an 18 year old kid with this older generation and what they run into and what's funny about it. And, yeah. but also how a kid can assimilate into a retirement home community, which is a really tight knit group of, you know, clicks. Clicks. I also heard, and I'm, I, I really did read this that there's like a lot of STDs that happen in retirement I've homes. Heard, I've heard the same thing. Because they're, they're, they're fucking. They are, yeah. Old people are fucking. Apparently it's <laughs> happening, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> um, anyway, so... You know, that's what that is. And that's what I'm writing right now. And I'm kind of in the final, um, you know, turned it into the network and doing notes. And, you know, they make all their decisions, like, coming up. You sold it to CBS. I sold it to CBS. So who is your showrunner? Do you have a showrunner? I have a great showrunner named Chris Harris, who was on How I Met Your Mother and a bunch of great shows. And so um, he's the showrunner of How I Met Your Mother? He was one of these executive producers and writers. That's exciting. How'd you meet him? Um, I t- it took meetings again. It took meetings. Yeah. And, um, and... Then I work with Will Ferrell's production company again with this woman, Jessica Elbaum, who is the best. That sounds really exciting. I want to talk about that because, um, so there's Gary, it's Gary Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. Is it Sanchez? Sanchez? You know, I don't know. You're fancier than me. I should really know. I say Sanchez, probably not, but. So it's Will Ferrell and Adam McKay's company. Yeah. Gary Sanchez, Sanchez, Gary Sanchez. Uh Uh-huh. 
productions, mm-hmm. but then they have a female centric, which is leg of the company, which called is Gloria Sanchez. That's so wonderful, incredible. Yeah. Talk about that because that sounds that's beautiful. Yes. When did and that happen? Th- I think Jessica Elbaum, this woman who I work with, started it. I'm not sure how many years ago, but oh, maybe like six or seven or who five. is this badass? She's, yeah, she the, sounds she's great. the greatest. Um, uh, she's just the one, most wonderful person. So she did the Comedy Central show that I did. Okay, and then now she's doing. We're working on this one together, and she's just been such an incredible supporter, and she's such a creative, intelligent woman. And so she started Gloria Sanchez, and so they're doing um, this show too, and they just focus on like female creators and female content. And um, so we've been working together as a team with my showrunner and them and CBS Studios and then CBS The Network. And what do they do? They do is it movies? Is it TV? I'm talking about the female. Oh, yes, they do um, movies and TV. Movies they and do TV. Lots and lots of projects. And how wonderful that like Adam McKay and Will Ferrell or whatever even thought to right. develop you know yeah. this leg of the company yeah. because. So often you just have you because it's not the goal isn't to be like enemies of men or angry at men. And the no, goal no, no. the just goal like is to support. be like yeah the goal is to like you hope to meet men who are like yeah helpful and supportive mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah looking out yeah yeah who are our allies that's so wonderful yeah. makes me so happy um, can't say enough great things about them so so it's been an incredible process I would love to work with them on anything and everything it sounds like that's what's gonna happen hopefully yeah and, and the, so we're just going through development you know you're going through development and. Um, and when do you write? Like you sound so diligent and wonderful. Like what right. is your Well, I love a deadline. So You do? Oh my god, I love it. Are you a pr- procrastinator? I mean, I'm not a pr- it, it's just like if I don't I have to turn something in for any reason, if I'm just doing it for myself, it's much harder for me to get sit down and do it. But if I've sold something, then it's like, oh, I'm going to work on this every day, yeah. and I and I will I won't procrastinate that. If I have a deadline, like I will get on that shit. But if 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 I'm just doing it out of my own creativity, it's a much harder thing to get myself to do. So that's why I'm trying to sell things because it really just makes me do it. Yeah. Um. So the, I did the same thing on this one. I made a very elaborate deck. God damn it! These decks, I, I tell you, you, you need to teach learn me how to make these a deck. programs. What are these programs again? I would, so if you're going to start with decks, I would start with Keynote, which is just comes on Apple, and you can get it in the App Store. Yeah, it might even be free. Yeah. and it's like a very simple way to put pictures and text together. You can figure it out. Watch a YouTube video. It's very simple. And then once you want to go a step farther, I would get InDesign, which is like the Adobe more complicated version that graphic designers use and you can do some amazing stuff but it's it's more complicated so Kino is totally fine I make most of my decks there yeah um Anyway, did the same thing, and now you know this is my first show for a major network and my first half-hour sitcom, which is a crazy format. I want this to go. Everybody, think good thoughts, light a Everybody candle. Everybody, think good thoughts. I'm. It sounds like it sounds like a great idea. Thanks. It is a great idea. You know, it's. I've never tried to write a sitcom before, so it's it's really been learning the form. And um, is it just you? Are you writing with the no, showrunner by myself? You're incredible. Now, this is. What, but what is your like? What is a typical day when you need to be writing and you're mm-hmm. living your life? How do you structure your day? Because it's very easy when you're freelance and you don't have to like be at a oh, nine God. to five. When do you wake up? Do you do you drink at all or no? Yeah, but not much. Not much. What do you just wine yeah. occasionally? Like mostly if on the weekends, if at all. But like I, I won't drink a lot on weeknights. So I know I rarely get like drunk. So maybe you drink once a week or once or twice a week, maybe. But even so, I would, I don't have a lot. Once or twice a week, maybe. I'm just yeah. trying to get. We're trying to inspire people yeah. specifically in specific I, I mean, ways. I get up really early. What time? Like six or seven every day. Six or seven a.m. every day. Like even if I go to bed at three a.m., I'll get up at six or seven. Really? It's a it's a weird thing. It's probably not healthy. It just is what happens. This is fantastic. No, this is like I'm pretending it's for the listeners. But I'll go to bed early. Like I'm not like a you know. I'll, I'll get in there early sometimes. What time? Like early. I want specific, people are like, Alexi, relax. That like, makes me a better be bedtime. Most time. Not really. Most days, if I'm not going out, I will be in bed by ten for sure. Do you go out? Sometimes. Sometimes. Less once you get married. <laughs> like 
wait, less when you see, oh yeah, God, that is okay. So, oh my God, I've got some, I'm so excited. Okay. So you wake up early, you're in bed early. I, usually, I write best in the morning. So I'll go into my little office that I've made. You have a little office. I have a little office. that created like, a space I, for I, yourself. I can't work when I can hear other people doing things. Yeah. I can't do it. That's how I feel about podcasting. And uh, place is crazy. <laughs> I just like I can't focus. I'm, I'll play the piano. Like I just get too distracted. I'm very distractible. So like I go into my little office and I like put on my little glasses and I, I'll make like you know I'll try to say I'm going to do two hours. I'm not going to check my email and I'll just do it. Um, and I, I really love writing and I love rewriting. So it's like if I have good notes and a set to work on, like I'm happy as a clam. The hardest part is the beginning. Good notes and a set to work on? Like if I have, okay, I did a draft and then I just got notes back from my showrunner and like I know what I'm doing today. I'm doing this. Like I couldn't be happier. It's the most joyous day of my life. But if it's like day one of writing something, I'm a nervous wreck. And you don't take Adderall? No, I'm drinking a lot of coffee. You you drink a lot of coffee? Mm -hmm. So you wake up early you have your space. I'm trying to make this, I'm trying to inspire other people sure, who want sure, to be sure. creative. So there's a little bit of structure in this structuralist oh, world. Yeah. I mean, I make endless lists, like lists. and uh, So, okay. For me, the most important thing, which I'm still figuring out is my process from getting to idea to script. Like that's a very nebulous black hole. How do you do it? I don't even know. Please tell me. But it happens every time. And then how do you do it? The, I mean, my saving grace has been figuring out how to outline. I'll outline for two weeks. Like outlining for me is how I don't get nervous later. I make sure I go macro to micro, like log line per, for the show, log line per act, then break, you know, A story, B story, C story down into every scene I would need to get from A to Z in each, in each story. Then I combine the stories into act, break them up, A story, B story, into each act. And then I make it so I have this map where I'm like, okay, if I can pull this off, this would tell a story. From the beginning to the end. And then you try to write that, and inherently in writing it, it changes so much. It changes so much. Like my script now that I just turned in in comparison to my first outline to the network is very different. But that just happens. And do you write, and this is for, do you write movies? Do you, I mean, you're I'm writing you're one three. now, but I, I haven't written a feature, but I'm working on one now. Do you, and you note card? I don't really note card. I kind of do a linear, like, I do a linear outline on a document. Um, but it's similar to note carding. Yeah. You know, I just I have all the scenes like listed with a little description of what happens and have thematic goals I'd like to accomplish and then just keep going until the outline looks like a movie. And then I'll put the outlines for each scene in final draft and then put little bits of dialogue called, uh, Dennis taught me this, a scriptment, where it's like a half a, you know, like treatment, half script. And then you put little bits of dialogue that you know you need in that scene, but you don't know how they're going to come in or ideas that you have walking like, oh, I got to get that line in there somewhere. And so then the script kind of reveals itself to you and then you fill in the holes and then you do a lot of rewriting. Yeah. Weeks and months of rewriting. Um, I just like, I'm like knowing all the things. This might be terribly boring to anyone who's not interested in writing. I'm like, I'm so fascinated in writers and how people write. Yeah. I'm so into it, so and like I. I, I just it's a, it's a really it's a really magical thing to get from idea to script. I am I got the master I got master class. Oh, Aaron Sorkin, and I'm watching the Aaron Sorkin I master class. You did? I want to watch the um, Martin Scorsese. No, I want to watch Scorsese. who did Scandal. Who, oh, what's her name? I can't remember what her name is. Um, she's like the queen of television. I can't remember her name. Um, I want to watch hers. I want to watch. Yeah, I want to watch. Uh, 
I want to watch a lot of them. So if you guys, Masterclass is like this thing that I thought was like a scam that I saw yeah, like yeah, a- yeah. advertised on YouTube where it's like... But I was like, how are they getting all these great people to do it? Exactly. Shonda Rhimes. That's, Shonda Rhimes. That's who I want to watch. I want to watch... Oh, and then there's like Werner Herzog. Werner. I, I'm not going to watch I'm going to watch that. <laughs> Maybe he's a little bossy and mean and too, too German. I heard he teaches filmmaking downtown in like Chinatown. I'll be there. Let's go. Be crazy. Okay. I would love to go. Oh, now you want to go. I, I mean, I would love to go. I heard you can just like sign up and he'll just teach you a night of filming. I have no idea. Oh my God. He like teaches in that like meat locker, yes. like meat hanger, like uh, underground thing yes. where you shot in that you told me was yes, really scary. Exactly. And then like a I weird tunnel. Be good. Um, well, I, so yeah, I couldn't believe it. So for those of you who, who have not seen it, uh, Nora and I have watched Aaron Sorkin's masterclass, but when he says I, everything he's saying, I think is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just all the basic stuff, but when he's talking about, uh, he, he was so human. I couldn't believe how I know. He's so human. I know, and so supportive. So supportive, so wonderful, so human. But then he's talking about how he, when he gets all of his notes, and he's so hard on himself, and then he gets I all the notes, and I, I wish I had Scott And I'm like, Scott Aaron Rudin. Sorkin takes notes? Like, I know. But then when he said that he like retypes his script. I loved that part. I couldn't believe So So Aaron Sorkin gets all the notes back, and then he like updates the script, incorporates all the notes, and then he prints it out, and he he writes it from scratch, like looking at the at the printed out copy, and then he just writes it again from memory. So twice he rewrites the entire script. He, he, Didn't he say that he also used to, when he was young, type out other people's scripts? Didn't he say Or he that? said that that's, what, that's like a... I don't Some, know if he somebody that, told, but people do that to channel the great author. I think that's fascinating. That's you know, so interesting. I've been, I am now my thing, like I, I'm trying to read more books, but instead of reading books, I'm reading as many scripts as I can. Like I have a whole that's folder smart. on my computer that says scripts to read Me because too. they're good. Yeah. I've got like goodwill hunting. Yeah. And I have everything. And like now I just joined the WGA. You, you did? Yeah. That's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I was excited. And so then now I got every script that was in a theater this year. I have the screenplay. Yeah. In my hands at home. And so I've been like trying to read those. I actually have the West Wing. I have all like season of the West Wing. You do? Book. And I've been reading that. Oh my God. Because I just, you know, I'm really curious about how people write stage directions. Oh. There's like certain things that I'm like, how do you write? How, what's the cleanest way to write if let's say someone's on stay on a stage and someone's backstage and you're going back and forth between the dialogue? I'm like, what's the cleanest way to write so you're not doing a different slug line for backstage on stage? You know I, what I mean? I also like how he was, how Aaron Sorkin was talking about how write the action as quickly as it would take to do that action. Oh, that's interesting. And then, oh, I loved, he, he said he like wrote a script that was like 400 pages mm-hmm. one time. That mm-hmm. was hilarious. And then, oh God, what else did he say? Oh, I don't know. I'm all over the place, but I remember reading. Yeah, I loved, I loved his thing. Um, it's really funny because I think sometimes, a lot of the time, people will tell me like, like, oh, I know about your, I know about your podcast. It's about, well, it's about fucking and guys and dating. And I'm this like, this is not. I'm boy crazy. <laughs> I know. I'm like, is it because that's completely not what our podcast, like, what yeah, we're yeah, doing yeah, here yeah. today? And no, you know, that's not what my podcast has been for. A long time, but even when you did, I'm boy crazy. It was very fascinating, and yeah, and it wasn't even it wasn't even that. It was so much deeper than people of wanted course. to believe. But uh, well, I do have to ask you though. Okay, yeah. I do want to ask because I like to find I, I I do like to know about the love and relationship stuff. Sure, because like that's such a huge chunk of everything. Sure. Got it. So, because you, you're so busy, you're mm-hmm. so prolific. That music is loud. It's pretty though. It is pretty. You guys can't hear what we're talking about, but it's loud. It's trying to infiltrate and ruin this podcast, but we won't let it. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, okay. So you do all this stuff. You have structure. I like that you only you, you don't email. You don't go on social media. Mm. You don't. I try. You try not to do that for like two hours. Not perfect. Yeah. Do you find that like you end up like writing longer once you hook into it? Like it, yeah, once you get it, it's mainly about uh, yeah, but it's it's mainly about if I have a game plan for the day. 
I'll stay there all day. But if I don't know what I'm doing that day, I'll just get distracted or get down on myself. It's like, it's really like, hey, okay, your goal today is to outline act one. And if you can do that, put it down, go do something else. Yeah. And then do that. And, you know, your goal today is to just do a theme pass or like, if I can give myself a goal, I can do that goal. If I don't have that and I'm just staring at my computer, it's going to be a tough day. Well, okay. So now to get to the love stuff, how did you meet your husband? Um, so I met him like five years ago. My band played one of his charity events. He um, helped run this thing called Artists for Peace and Justice. They do a lot of work in Haiti. Who is um, this? What does he do? Well, now he runs this company called Riot, uh, which is now part of the Huffington Post and AOL and all these things. But they do news and documentaries, and um, they're they were nominated for a couple Academy Awards for their docs. I'm very cool. You, did you go to the Academy Awards last I year? I did. Went with them. Oh yeah. my god! So sweet. How was that? It was great. Was it stressful or just fun? Not for me. I wasn't nominated. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like hanging out. Um, no, it was really great. It was, it was, uh, so I can't, can't believe I went, you know? So you've been with him for five years. No, no, no. I've only been with him for two years. Met him five years ago. Met him five years Keep ago. Keep going. We were just buds. We like saw each other. We were like, oh, hi. You know, thought each other cute. And then we'd see each other like once or twice a year just around. And we were both in relationships. We we're just friends, like say hi, what's up? And then um, we ran into each other on an airplane going to South by Southwest like two, three years ago, maybe. And um, uh, we were both recently single. And, you know, we were like, I don't know if I should tell the story, but you don't have to, we were just like, we're both single. We're super excited. We're going to like take South by by storm, (laughs) you know, like get in there. And then we went to a a party that night and, um, and he grabbed me and he kissed me. (gasps) And then we like, you know, took a, a month to like get our lives together. Cause we were both just out of relationships and like doing thing. And then we went on a proper date and then, um, Found one skinny dipping and fell in love. Oh and my goodness! Did the whole thing and then got married. What do you mean get your life in order? Just because it, it takes a while for like because we were both like just out of things, and I think we were both like, oh, this is a real deal. This could be a real situation. Um, he was like very forward about his feelings and like and I which I, which I thought was great because I'm usually a little more wishy washy about it or like never you know I'm just kind of like floating around doing my thing and he and he was more specific about it which I loved and um really honor about him have have respect for and um anyway so uh then you know we took a month to kind of do our, do our thing and get our you know tie up some ends and um was that conscious like you guys said it, like no you need a little no I think it was just like you went home and you just went your ways yeah and we're also we're in a similar friend group so I think we were also like want to make sure that this is real before we kind of mess anything up in our friend group um and so uh then we went on a proper date and it was like you know we did the thing and then pretty quickly he was like hey we, we're gonna do this thing and I was like okay I think we're gonna do this thing Oh, and so how is he different from all the other men you've dated? Or, or I don't know how many. I'm not, yeah. not to make it seem like all the other men. Oh, like, no, thousands and thousands. But yeah, um, but how is he different from... I, you know, it's kind of one of those weird intangible things where I, I like, I hadn't... Re- I don't want like other men I've dated to like listen to this. No, 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 no. It was just, you know, it it just felt like, you know, I don't know. It felt like the thing. I hadn't particularly thought a lot about marriage, truthfully. And... um I think it was a combination of him being really solid and the way he felt and me being at a point where I was ready. I wasn't touring anymore. It was very difficult to have a relationship while I was touring and, and feeling like, um, that we were really good partners, which is something I hadn't really thought about a lot. And like that we could like be good parents and like, you know, build a little life and go on a lot of adventures. He loves to adventure as do I, and he's lived all over the world and, and, and we do adventure. Like we get out there. Like we're really going for it. And, um, and I think at the end of the day, it just really comes down to like having a partner. And I had never had that 
particularly never really considered it and never really was maybe looking for it. And um, I don't know, you know, it was one of those things where we were like, okay, I think we can really do this thing. And it's been like, it's been great. And how soon after me, after uh, dating properly, did you guys move in? Um, I didn't move in because he lived in Venice and I lived in Echo Park, which is like where all my people are. Where all your people I are. I didn't move in until like right before we got married. Oh, wow. How long was that? Wait, you... Like we... we He proposed like seven or eight months in or something. He proposed seven or eight months into you after South By? After we started dating, yeah. Oh my God. How wonderful. This and, is the goal. And this then is the dream. And then we got married like a year, maybe a year after that, which was a year ago. So, um, so you moved in like a year ago? Mm-hmm. I moved in like literally right before we got married because I just, I had this great place in Echo Park and all my friends live there and his company's in Venice. So we were going to be in Venice, which is totally fine. But I I love Venice. I I love Venice too. I just like, it was a big shift for me. So I I waited until it was like, okay, yeah, going to do this thing. How do you, none of my business, you don't have to answer this at all. It's Mm -hmm. actually really personal, but Mm -hmm. I like to ask, how did he propose? Uh, We were in Haiti and where he had lived for a couple of years. um, And we were on the beach and he like, there was a rah rah band, and he, you know, pulled out this ring that he had like helped make, and they, you know, did you know it was coming? No, I had no idea. You had no idea. I had no idea, oh. and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> did your parents know? They did know, but they also were like, <laughs> bless their hearts. I don't talk about my relationships a lot, so he had asked them. And they were like, had only met him once. And they were like, what does Nora think? They asked him that. They're like, do you think she's going to say, because they didn't know him at all. And I hadn't talked about it. Yeah. And so then he was very nervous about that because they were just like, didn't know him. And then I ran into, is this also a boring conversation? No, this is wonderful. Okay. Stop it. And you're then, a white girl. So great. I never see my mom in LA. She lives in Palm Springs, but she works at USC. We just never see. She works tra- at USC? She works at USC, but like I have never run. Doing what? Uh, she works in the commu- communications department. She's Keep a journalism jur- okay. journalist. Anyway, I have never run into my mother accidentally. Have you ever run into your mother accidentally? Uh, you guys live pretty close, but no, but we haven't. Like never accidentally. Be, that feels really weird. That would feel really bizarre. Really bizarre. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's never happened. So I'm downtown doing something, and I'm in a crosswalk, and I go, ha, "That looks like my mom." And then she looks at me. She goes, "That looks like my daughter." And then we're like, "Oh my god!" Like we just ran into each other in a crosswalk in LA, and we walk around the city. This is the day after he had asked them, and I didn't know. And she's like, "What do you think of Brand?" And I was like. Oh, I, I think he's the one. Like, you know, I think we were really doing it. She's like, okay. So then she like wrote him and was like, talk to Nora. Everything's good. Like, you know, the whole thing. So this is before he proposed. This is before he proposed to me, but he had asked my parents. Oh my God. And you had a chance run in with your I, mom. And a crosswalk. I know. And did you know immediately, like when you guys started dating, like this is my guy? Did you just know? I, I, I knew I was taking it very serious. I knew I didn't want to mess it up. I, I knew that. Yeah. Like I had that feeling. I was like, I don't want, and then as we got into it and we started to f- like feel that we were really good, not just dating, but like partners in life. Do you know? I, so it was a different feeling for me of like, I, I didn't had never had a partner particularly in that sense. And, and then when that happened, I realized like, oh, we could have a really fun life. Like, you, you know, we can really do this thing. We can really do this thing. But like, and when you had met him before and you'd seen each other around, but you guys were both in relationships. Mm-hmm. It didn't even enter your brain because Mm-mm. you're like, because sometimes I, I think my problem is I, it's not even a problem, but sometimes I feel like, uh, 
I have an awareness of everybody that exists, mm-hmm. which I don't. Oh, that's interesting. And, no, and, yeah, I had, you know, we were just friends, and like we were both like you know happily in our other things, so we just didn't. But you never know what can happen. You never know. Like I never saw him that way until it was until it was presented that way. Yeah. Interesting. You had never made up your mind about him in general. He's I thought he was person. great. I thought yeah. he was a great guy, but I didn't know we weren't. I didn't see him that often, so it wasn't. Um, you know, like may, literally maybe once a year. I saw him. once a year. Um. But yeah, so then, you know, the whole, then now marriage and all that. Do you want to have kids, do you think? Yeah. Kinda. You do. Yeah, it's exciting. Time in my life. Oh gonna, my goodness. Gonna go for that. <laughs> gotta go for How do you balance work and living with someone and being in the you get You get yourself a little office. You get yourself, you, you have your own room. It's uh, your office. Yes, yeah, it's separate. It's luckily it's separate. From the house. Mm-hmm. So you like, just go out there and you're left alone. Yeah. And he respects that, and he's got his stuff that he does, mm-hmm. and you have your, and like, and you just do you inspire each other? Totally. I mean, he runs a company, so he's at the office, like doing a bazillion things all day, and I'm like home in my little office, running my little shenanigans. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a really it's a really supportive. Like, he loves what I'm doing. I love what he's doing. I I like that they're different, but understandable. Like, I understand what he's doing and vice versa, but they're not the same thing. They're not the same thing, and I think that's cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he can, st- I can still like run. I like to run. I, I like to, t- I like to talk about the minutia of writing and ideas. And so sometimes I'll be like, let me just run this like scene idea by you. You know? And is it great when you do that with him? Like, is, can he handle it? Is, yeah, he, is he it fun? Try, he can totally handle it. Yeah. yeah. Does he play any music? He does. He plays saxophone. Oh my God. Do you play music together? Sometimes. <laughs> That's sweet. Do you have dinner parties at your house? What Sometimes. Is this? Sometimes. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll um, be there. Thank I'll invite you. you to okay. the next one. I mean, like we actually haven't had a dinner party yet, so. You, you need to throw one. We will. We will. I'll host the podcast um, portion. We'll do a saxophone. Thank you. We'll do a saxophone accordion duet. Yeah. And I'll just talk. Who are you dating? Can we talk about it? I am completely single. Like I just dove right into my love life. No, I, I, I'm not. I'm completely, completely single. I'm just... Mostly, I'm just excited about making stuff and writing. So, but I mean, I'm open to falling in love and having like a what you have mm-hmm. is the goal something mm-hmm. healthy, a partnership, you know, loving, exciting, passionate, and like just a great fit. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like I've gotten all the not youthful, like, but I feel like I've gotten all the like mistake making out of my system mm-hmm. or the like. I think, I, well, maybe there weren't more mistakes. I guess not, because everything takes you to where you are. Like you learned so much. You I'm learned sure. so much, and I put into the work, and I put into like you know into writing, into whatever. And I, but yeah, I think I've had enough of like making wrong. Because I'll I'll date people because I feel I feel like they're fascinating. I'm like mm. I'm so fascinated by this sure. person. I don't think they're quite healthy for me, or they're mm. a kook. I can mm-hmm. see all the red flags, but you know what? I'm just going to go with it until it blows yeah. up in my face. <laughs> and then it blows up. And now I'm just like, you know what? I, I can't. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I only have um, the capacity to be in something uh, healthy that mm. moves slow. I can't yeah. do some kind of codependent intense. Because <gasps> oh, no. I used to think that's what it was supposed to be. But you're an independent lady. I'm an independent lady, but... I don't know if you used to ever do this, but it's like I just had this idea that like love and romance was supposed to be this, like you know immediately and it's wild and it's mm. like fireworks. But then like I've learned that it's like oh god, like uh, that doesn't. I don't know. I don't know if it sounds like a downer, but it can't sustain or it's like codependence or. I see what you're saying, and I just like I kind of like the idea of like 
knowing somebody and being friends with them or like yeah. getting to know and like moving just moving a little bit slower. I think that's probably right. And like like with Bryn, like we had both been vetted in our own way because we'd known each other for so long. We had a friend group situation, so yeah. it, it was slower like than it seemed when it was because we knew about each other. But I, I know what you're saying. I think like, yeah, the codependent like fireworks thing maybe isn't necessarily the best way to build like a house that won't blow over. Yeah. I want something where there's like a foundation. I still want passion. I want love. I want to be very attractive to the other person and vice versa. But yeah, I think there needs to be like a You're going to find it, Alexi. You are a catch if I've ever seen I one. hope that's If true. I was a guy <laughs> and if there are any guys listening. Oh, seem desperate. I'm no, totally not. not. I'm just saying. Oh, God. I'm just saying. I, you know, it, it is rare to meet a woman who is strong and independent, intellectual, and an entrepreneur. Thank and you. And beautiful. And I feel the same way about you. Thank you. You're such a badass. Like, you know. You. Oh, my God. What else? Oh, but did you ever go on dating apps or anything? I didn't. I missed it. Good. You know, it was like three years ago. I missed it. That's great. I honestly, I wouldn't have. I think they're kind of fascinating. I like. I very much enjoy looking at my friends swipe on Raya. Do you have friends on Raya? I mean, I'm at different points in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I had to like. I deleted my Raya, then I went back on it. Yeah. Well, no, there's a bunch. I mean, I've had friends meet people on Bumble and Match. And what do you think of them? I think it's cool. I mean, if it gets you out of your house to like, it's hard to meet people. Like. Is it's it? hard. I think so. I like friend groups, especially in this, like, oh, did you read this uh, Read this story? Uh, I think it was in the New Yorker called Cat Person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, let's keep it in the social network. Mm. Okay, let's keep it I see what you're saying. in a friend group situation because I don't want to, it's terrifying. You go meet uh, yeah, some you person. you don't know anything about you know, them. who they are. You're projecting all this stuff on them. You've got, like, little clues that may or may not be who is this person? Mm-hmm. I, I I know what you're saying. Dangerous. There's definitely. I think. I'm trying to think of the guys. I I am. I, yeah. I did. I dated I, every every boyfriend I had was really great. Yeah. And I I yeah. I think maybe they had been like now that I've d- dove into my love life so deeply, I feel like oh barely maybe you, <laughs> like embarrassed about it. But no, don't be embarrassed. I mean, there's nothing um, to be embarrassed about because you were very um you weren't super super duper specific okay. and you're also very kind and graceful in everything you explained and, okay. and you weren't offensive thanks. or mean or over you didn't overshare yeah. okay thanks but um yeah i mean i think dating apps are i don't know they seem interesting i can understand why it would be scary what about raya though isn't that kind of gross illuminati tinder don't you think it's a little why bit is every gross? guy surfing and every girl is eating pizza are they eating pizza they're eating pizza or surfing but don't you think don't you think Raya is a little bit disgusting because it's like star fuckery and like. Yeah, I mean, creepy. I guess I've, I haven't looked at it that much to know exactly. What, oh, right, it's like you gotta be cool. You gotta be cool or have a big following or a DJ or wearing a fedora or a model or an actor a or famous. Have or, you gone on any Raya dates? I mean, I've been on so many Raya and dates. And have any of them been like fun? I'm actually friends with a lot of people I've been on dates with or just like I've seen my friend. I don't know. I just, I'm just so confused by all of it. I just don't know what the. I think I just wanna be. I wanna go back to. Is this beta form? I, I just wanna go. Right, analog dating. Analog dating. I want to meet people at dinner parties, friends of friends. I don't want to go after anything. I just like, I don't want to initiate anything anymore. The best way to do it. I'm not initiating a goddamn thing only in work. But even then, not that much. I still want things to come to me. But then you initiate the work stuff, you write, you generate, you make the stuff. And also, I think through working, you meet so many people. I'd way rather do that. Yeah. Like just through our industry, there's so many smart, funny people making things. Yeah. And like just get on a set. 
That's what I'm happiest when I'm in the making of something, I'm in the doing of things, and like, and yet you're like with other like-minded people, and you're working towards one common. That's you my know. favorite thing that's too. Favorite. It makes me like I've I never feel happier than when that's happening. Me too. And that's why I wanted to be able to do it more. I feel like, although we're both very busy, but I feel like if they're too few, few and far between. Yeah. Oh man. I want to do it every day. I like the word. My favorite word is cozy. Hmm. I just want to feel cozy. What's that? It's called like hyngen. Oh, gemütlich? No. It, that's, that's cozy like, for Germ- German for oh, cozy? It's, maybe it's Sweden. It's like hyngen. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea this is where we're going to end up. <laughs> it's like when everyone has a pajama party and feels cozy, but there's a word and I think it maybe starts with an H. Huh. Hyngen. I don't know. I don't know either. I just want to feel cozy in my relationship with the people I know and meet mm-hmm. on the, and, uh, and in my work and just to feel like uh, so... So uh, good I, luck to us. You're going <laughs> to make it. Can I ask you one more work question? Yeah. What are you making right now? Oh, so I wrote this movie. It's called, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's called New Romance. Are you making it? I'm making it. I found partial financing. I need the rest of the financing. That's so great. Can I and ask the, you the budget or do you know what I tell me? Uh, tell me like, offline? It's under a million. Cool. It's under a million. I've got two different budgets. One for like yeah, yeah, yeah. One for like 600. I'll just tell you. 600,000. The other is for like nearly 900,000, okay. which is might as well be a million. But sure. It's, so I have two different budgets. I've got cast attached. I have a casting director. We're making offers. Awesome. Shooting for how long? It would be probably like 20 days, Are four or five day weeks. It? I'd be directing. Great. I'd be acting in it. And then I have like great people attached to it. I want to get more great people attached to it. But then um, I found money to make a micro budget movie. Mm. And that's why I was talking about like breaking a story and outlining. Mm. And I have a deadline now, like next Friday, I've got to get her like. I think she only wants an outline. This is for like a micro, micro, micro budget oh, thing, like, which I would just cast like f- four to six of my friends. Sure, sure, sure. Single and location. And like shoot over a weekend or something? Shoot. Well, it'll still probably be like 15 days, but like three, five day weeks or something. One it, location. One location. So purposefully writing a movie you can shoot very yeah. cheaply, but so a feature. A feature. So that's, that's cool. So that's what I'm trying do to Do you like, have an idea for it? That's what I'm trying. I think I do. And I have moments and I have dialogue and I've been watching like my dinner with Andre and just a million. I just watched it the other day. Oh God, how wonderful is that movie? It also, but that's an incredible movie. It really demands your attention. You can't zone out during you that moment. You can't. You have to be awake. You, you have can't to be, be awake. You can't be late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm going to be. That's exciting. So I'm doing revisions on the higher budget thing right now. When or do you want to make that? The higher budget one? Oh my God, as soon as I can make it. Oh my God, as soon as possible. As soon as I get the money. Do you have like a production company and crew and all that fun stuff? I don't have a production company. I need a production company. We can talk. Let's talk after this, you guys. We're going to go talk about, uh, is there anything I didn't, is there anything, any kernels of knowledge? Man, I think we really got in there. We really got in there. We talk about life, love, career, finding the balance, work, uh, you know, uh, behavior and, uh, you know, whatever. Not work behavior, but... uh, Setting structure. Structure. Some structure. Some goddamn structure <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, we're going to go talk about work stuff. Um, Nora, thank you for being on my podcast. Thanks, Alexi. Proud of you. Was it everything you hoped it would be? And more. Oh, good. Thank God. Okay. Oh, God. Aristotle? Feeling good? Okay. We're out of here, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com.